Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zen Dependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you're interested in more combat sports, news, analysis, predictions like this, stay tuned because it's only going to get bigger and better from here. And speaking of bigger and better, I've talked about it a little bit in the past Zen Dependently Minded episode, but starting next week, I'm going to do another weekly segment of my podcast. It's going to be called Zen Dependent News. I'm going to be, it's going to be satirical news reporting and then a little bit of just ranting on my part. Just, I'm a 21 year old just trying to navigate life and it's just my humble opinion. The things I'm going to be saying could be a little wild. It could be a little, they could get serious. They could be funny. It's just something I'm going to try, something I think I'll enjoy doing and hopefully I can get a bigger audience and hopefully I can retain the audience that I already have. But we'll get to that next week. Obviously, I'm going to have a a whole new intro for that and it's it's going to be fun and this was actually going to be the first episode where I have video playing also. So, I took some gameplay from me playing on my Xbox, a couple different games and so there's going to be video now. It's going to be a little more entertaining stuff you can actually look at instead of just staring at my podcast logo, but so obviously this episode you see the title, you can read the title. It's going to be talking about UFC 260. <clears throat> so obviously 260 is still a really stacked card. It's still a really fun card there. The whole entire main card is fun. It could have been better, of course, because the Volkanovski and Ortega fight got canceled due to someone testing positive for coronavirus, I think, in one or the other's corners. But we're going to get that fight eventually, and it should be a banger for sure. It's definitely going to decide who is the best featherweight in the world. And then whoever loses will be second best, I think, under Max Holloway. But that's a topic for another discussion there. But So, obviously, the main event is headlined by the rematch between Stipe Miocic, the current heavyweight champion, and he's fighting Francis Ngannou again. But I'm going to start at the beginning of the main card, and then I'm going to work my way up and analyze, talk a little bit about each fight, and then predict each one. So, starting off with the first one, we have a lightweight bout between Jamie Malarkey and Kama Worthy. So, when I was doing a little bit of film study for these guys and looking into bits and pieces of their career and mostly their careers before they got to the UFC, I just, I've noticed that, or I've taken note that this fight could be, this is an underrated fight here because both guys are coming off losses and Kama Worthy is, I think he just got knocked out by Ottoman Izatar in his last fight and then Jamie Malarkey is on a two fight losing streak. So both guys are in win mode, of course, nobody wants to have back-to-back losses, and then in Jamie's case, back-to-back-to-back losses. Of course, Jamie has only lost since coming into the UFC. Uh, He's lost twice, and both were by decision. I just think Kama Worthy has been, he's been fighting for a while, but he's just kind of really a gatekeeper. Not even really a gatekeeper, because he's not ranked. I just think he's, he's just a journeyman. He's been knocked out six times, and Jamie has a bunch of finishes by knockout and submission. I just and and Jamie is younger, so he's got that youth. I believe he has let me look up the stats. He's he's a little bit taller coming in at the same weight and then they have the exact same reach, but Jamie just has that Kama's going to have that experience over him, but he showed he showed in the past he's got knocked out 6 times. He's gotten submitted uh once or twice, I believe. So 
the guy the guy is has he definitely can be finished we've seen it in the past and Jamie and most of his wins come by knockout and submission so I do think that Jamie is going to win by knockout and I think that that'll come in the first round pretty early and it's gonna it's gonna start off the main card really nicely but on the other on another note if if Kama comes in with a chip on his shoulder, which I, I bet he he will because, you know, he's he's 34. He could be coming out of his prime if he isn't already out of it. So this could be an underrated banger. This could this could totally go the distance and be fight of the night. It's absolutely possible. But that could actually be the that could be said for every fight on this card. But coming up to the second fight on this card, we have a flyweight women's bout between Gillian Robertson and Miranda Maverick. So this is another fun one. So we have uh, Miranda Maverick. I believe she only has one fight in the UFC, and it was a doctor stoppage win over Liana Yojua. Yojua. I don't know how to say it, but she's a fan favorite. She's a pretty gal. She's a good fighter. She's a good up and coming young prospect for the flyweight division. So coming into the UFC and beating someone like that is it's it's something to be proud of. And she's just starting her career in the UFC. Like I said, this is her second fight. Miranda Maverick, she she has a bunch of submission. She has she has the grappling credentials, is what I'm trying to say. I don't know why I couldn't get that out. Miranda definitely has the grappling credentials, and I think she's gonna try over and over and over to sub Gillian Robertson. I do think Gillian Robertson's experience will come in early, and I think Miranda maybe will tire out, or she'll try to shoot for takedowns pretty early on, and those attempts will be stopped by Gillian. I believe, but eventually Miranda is going to be able to take her down and then just showcase how she has superior grappling. Gillian has been in the UFC longer, obviously. She's had more fights. She's a couple years older, but they're both pretty young, so this is an important fight for both people, but I do think Miranda's going to come out victorious. I think she's going to win by decision, and it's going to be all grappling. Moving on to the next fight. This is a really exciting one. The, the next three fights are... I mean, we could get performance of the nights or fight of the nights from from all three of these fights coming up. So we have Thomas Almeida versus Sean O'Malley. Obviously, Sean O'Malley is a fan favorite. A lot of people are pretending to not be fans, or they they're fake fans, fickle fans. They've decided to. I can I, I can kind of understand people stop being Sean O'Malley fans. They didn't like the way that he took the Cheeto Vera loss, but I have no problems with it. He said before. Obviously, he knows how to take defeat, but he said he doesn't feel like he lost to Cheeto, and I agree. I don't think he lost either. He did eat a couple elbows on the ground, but he was fine. He was conscious. He was not out, and just Cheeto was able to hit the leg kick and hit that nerve, luckily, and that's an injury that Sean O'Malley's had before, and, you know, Cheeto was so excited. He acted like he won the championship, and then he went lost to Jose Aldo, which it's not anything to be embarrassing about. It's or it's not anything to be embarrassed about losing to Jose Aldo. He's a legend, one of the greatest featherweights of all time. Some people's greatest featherweight of all time, obviously. So, but like I've said in the past, and like Sean O'Malley has said, look at his career. He was undefeated up until that point. He's still in his mind is undefeated. And Cheeto just wins some and loses some. And I think Sean has, obviously he's got, Bigger stardom, more stardom, more star power. He's got more hype behind him. He's got his brand. He's 
he's he's doing everything the right the right way the way he should be and i'm really excited to see him fight on the other hand thomas almeida has been there and he's done that and early on in his career before he got into the ufc he was he was people were really excited about him i was excited about him i still am the dude's only 29 years old but i do think just from watching almeida's fights all four of his career losses i believe they're all four in the ufc like i said he came into the UFC undefeated. So all four of his losses obviously are in the UFC. And they're, I think three of them are by knockout, one are by decision. And in all four of his losses is because he was being outpaced, outstruck, and he just would get knocked out and just paced up on the feet. And the only way that Almeida would be able to beat Sean is probably to get him to the ground. But we haven't really seen Sean on the ground, so, so you never know. He could throw up a triangle there. Or he could just be like, really horrible on the ground. You never know. But I don't think Almeida is going to shoot for takedowns. I don't think he's going to get in the clinch and try to go for any trips. He's He has no choice. I think if maybe he's worked on his jiu-jitsu. Maybe he's worked on his wrestling. Maybe he's work on, worked on his judo. But I, I do think the fight is going to stay standing. And history shows, the record shows for both guys that Sean O'Malley has the advantage when standing up and banging and that's what's going to happen i do think that sean o'malley is going to knock out almeida in the second round i do think in the first round though it could be it could kind of go hand in hand so sean sean's a, a big 135er he should be fighting at featherweight and i i believe i really do believe he will eventually move up to featherweight but for now he's at bantamweight obviously and his he's got a pretty nice reach advantage about six or five or six centimeters over almeida and I do think Almeida's experience and just his toughness and his grit and just the fact that he's a he's an athlete, he's cream of the crop for athletes, uh, of course. I think his that that toughness and that experience and that grit is going to keep him from kind of having the fight look a little close after the first round. And then Sean is going to keep up that pace and then he's going to land a shot and knock him out in the second round. That's what I firmly believe. So moving on to the co-main event, should, co-main event should have been, there shouldn't have been the co-main event, it should have been Volkanovski and Ortega, but Vicente Luke versus Tyron Woodley. This this is an exciting fight if you're a Vicente Luke fan. If you're a Tyron Woodley fan, you're probably crossing your fingers, you're probably praying, you're probably lighting a candle, doing a candlelight vigil for Tyron Woodley, hoping and praying that he goes back to the, the older Tyron Woodley and you know, I think if Tyron Woodley loses this fight, there is a there is a big chance he can get cut from the UFC. It's been tough seeing Tyron Woodley go downhill the way that he has. Against Usman, he looked like a deer in headlights. Against Gilbert Burns, he looked like a deer in headlights. And then against Colby Covington, he looked like a deer in headlights. And worse. So, and he's fight. He's not getting a, a tune-up fight. He's not fighting Bilal Muhammad. No, like, no disrespect to Bilal Muhammad, but... He's fighting a tough, tough contender in Vicente Luque. That this guy can get string together one or two impressive wins and be right there up top, and there could be a chance he gets a title fight or a definitely a title title eliminator fight. Vicente Luque, we've Luque, we've seen how dangerous he is in the past. We've seen how tough he is. I believe Wonder Boy said he was like the toughest guy that he'd fought. He said, I, I believe he said when he hit him. He threw everything at him, obviously came out victorious, but everything he threw at, at 
Vicente just kind of felt like he was hitting a brick wall or something like that. So I do think Vicente is going to come out and he's just going to outstrike and outpace Tyron Woodley for three rounds. I I want to see Tyron Woodley fight back, but I think he's just going to be loading up shots. And while he might land a couple, it's not going to be enough to knock out Vicente because he's such a hard guy to finish. He's such a tough guy. He's got such a solid, strong, concrete chin. And Woodley's just, I don't see Woodley outstriking and throwing volume against Vicente. That's the only way that he could win. I don't think he's going to, I don't think he has the the accuracy and the timing like he did early on in his career to just land one shot and knock out Vicente. So I do think Vicente is going to outstrike and outpace Woodley for three rounds. And Tyron's going to look hesitant. Like I said, he's not going to throw them any strikes. And I just, I haven't really seen enough from Tyron. He's saying that he's, he's saying that he's, he's reinvigorated and he's ready to come out and win. And he, there's no way he could go out and lose four in a row or whatever. But I just, actions speak louder than words. And I just, I haven't seen enough from Woodley to believe that that will happen, which is unfortunate because he's a, he's a great fighter. He's, he's got a great legacy. Usman calls him the goat. So maybe he calls him the goat because he's beat him. He doesn't want to call GSP the goat because, uh, I think he's actually changed his stance on that. But I know like about a year ago, shortly after he beat Woodley, he called Woodley the goat, but Anyway, yeah, I think Luke will look dominant in the in this fight, and there's a possibility we could see Tyron Woodley cut, but we'll see how that goes. Moving on to the main event. This is a fight that I, ah, oh man, it's so hard to pick. I've watched every single fight, every single UFC fight for both guys, non, a couple times actually, two times each, and I've watched a couple of their fights in the promotions before they got to the UFC, and it's just such... It's crazy for one to see how much that both guys have improved, but it's just, it's going to be really tough. This is a really, ah, man, this is one of the toughest fights for me to kind of predict just because on one hand, Stipe has gotten older and I, I haven't really seen him get too much slower, but he definitely has gotten older and his chin has looked a little, a bit depleted. He got hurt in his last four fights in all three DC fights and against Francis, he, he did get wobbled for a little bit and then proceeded to completely dominate Francis for the rest of the fight. And I think he broke a, a few heavyweight striking records because of how much he was landing on the ground. And he was just able to equalize Francis. We've all seen the fight. We all know what happened. And I I just feel like on one hand, like I said, Stipe has gotten older. His chin looks looks a bit depleted. But also... Francis has not wrestled since he lost Stipe. I'm sure in training he's wrestled, but I'm talking about in fights. We haven't seen him shoot for a takedown. We haven't seen him get taken down. So I can't really, in good conscience, really make... I can't really say whether or not Francis has improved his wrestling or not. Obviously, he's a big dude. And that being said, Stipe's a big dude too, and it was hard for Francis to get up. He just looked like an amateur. He looked like a white belt on the ground. And I'm sure Francis has worked on his wrestling, but I I mean Stipe is a is a college wrestling champion, I believe. I think pretty sure he's a I I'm not going to say legend when it comes to college wrestling, but he's a good wrestler. Um uh, we didn't see him succeed in wrestling against DC because DC is a, a 
I think he's an Olympic wrestler. That's a whole nother level above college. We saw that with Khabib being just an absolute, just a whole nother special, his own kind of special tier and plateau above Justin Gaethje, who a lot of people were saying was a great NCAA wrestler. So there's levels to this wrestling. And just while Francis may have worked on his wrestling in the in the gym, it's it's hard to replicate you know, it's hard to replicate someone's style. You could get the best training partners in the world. You could have the best gym, but there are just there's too many factors that only Stipe is in control of that will affect the outcome of this fight. That being said, I think Stipe is getting knocked out in the second round. I think, I just think he's Francis has only gotten better on the feet, and Stipe has only looked worse since they last fought. And that's not a knock to Stipe or DC, but I just think Francis obviously has more power than DC. And we've seen so many absolute monsters and athletic beasts just go down because Francis is such a freak of nature. And yeah, I just, I think Francis is going to pick his shots better. He's not going to blow his load in the first round. And I think he's going to catch Stipe, but I say that with like 50.000001% confidence. And the other 49.000009999% that's leaning towards Stipe doing the same thing and possibly even catching Francis like he did in the first fight, but hurting him worse, possibly dropping him. And another thing that I was thinking about that there's a possibility I think Francis could just throw Stipe for a loop and then shoot for a takedown on him. And whether he lands it or not, that will mess with Stipe's head, and that'll leave him kind of worried about the threat of a takedown, and then possibly leave him open for a shot over top. And Stipe is Stipe was able to survive a shot from Francis, but it definitely, I I believe, depleted his chin, and that's why we saw him get knocked out by DC in their first fight, in their first meeting. So this is a really tough one for me to pick, but I do think that. Francis is going to knock out Stipe in the second round. And if that doesn't happen, Stipe is just going to do the same exact thing he did before. But this is this is a hard one for me because I'm such huge fans of both guys. Stipe is such a funny guy. He's natural on the mic. To me, he's the heavyweight GOAT for the UFC, for sure. There are a lot of heavyweight legends, but he's the GOAT to me. He was able to... He fought DC three times, beat him twice, beat Francis. He He beat Verdum. He's just, he's he's the heavyweight goat to me for the UFC, as far as I'm concerned. And then Francis, on the other hand, like, who who doesn't love the guy? Like, the guy is such a crazy and amazing and beautiful comeback story. Not, not a comeback story, um, just come up story. Just his his journey to escape Cameroon and get to the UFC and then get his second title shot. It's a beautiful story, and... It's hard not to root for guys like like these guys, true martial artists. Definitely both true martial artists. Oh, and then I also forgot, Stipe's a firefighter. So not only does he fight, and for fun, I mean, he gets paid, but for fun, he gets kicked in the legs, the body, and the head, punched in the, in the body, and the head, elbowed in the body, and the head. He also is a firefighter. He serves his community. He puts his life at risk to keep others safe. So... 
who can who doesn't love this fight? I I know with with MMA fans, there are a lot of people who maybe didn't they could pretend that they aren't interested in certain fights, but this is one that everyone's gonna be tuned into. This this is this is a this is gonna be a legendary fight, and this is definitely gonna build legacy for both guys, no matter how it goes down. But I do think Stipe should, and I think he will retire after this fight. You know what? If he wins, I think there's a, a, a slightly higher chance that he could stay and fight John Jones because it'd be weird if he won and then vacated the belt. And then, but there could be an interesting fight there. We could still see Francis and John. We could see Derek Lewis fight someone else to try to fight John Jones for the vacated belt. I don't know. There's interesting stuff to see, but I definitely think Stipe, if he loses, will retire. And I honestly would like to see him retire if he wins too. Because he's getting towards the end of his career, and he's already a legend. He's already the UFC heavyweight goat to me. So we'll see what happens. I'm very excited. I'm going to be posting this just a few hours before the prelims start. So I'll be watching those, um, getting getting more familiar with these up-and-comers and these newer fighters. And I'm just really excited. And I hope you guys can tune in, and I hope you enjoy this episode. And I also hope you tune in for the next the next podcast, the next segment of my podcast, Independent News, my first episode. It'll be coming out probably Tuesday or Wednesday. Just so I can gather some news, think about some topics to rant about, talk about, just give my thoughts and opinion. And then the most important thing is I just want to share my thoughts. And I also want other people to share their thoughts. Whether they're, whether you're 108 years old or you're 18 years old, I I love talking to people. I think people are interesting and I would love to have people on if there's anybody who wants to talk about specific topics or wants to know my thoughts on them or whatever the case may be. I just want to get some feedback from you guys. So definitely please give me some feedback on this episode. If you don't like Zendependent News, Zendependently Mind is not going anywhere. Or maybe you like Zendependent News a lot and you're not really interested in combat sports. You probably won't be listening to this episode, but... I think you guys will pick up what I'm putting down. So anyway, thank you for tuning into this episode. Have fun, stay safe, and stay away from those crazies out there. Thank you.